The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Podcast. I'm your host Connor Lizy. Um, solo today is Joey Ikes is dealing with a little uh, Christmas cold and he suffered over Christmas break. I uh, hope everybody had a wonderful holiday um, and is having a great closeout to the 2023 year. Uh, we're obviously here to talk about a disappointing, uh, another disappointing 22 to 20 loss to the Miami Dolphins on the road. Um, another road loss, another loss on the road against a good team, and another loss in general against a good team, something that's really hurt this team over the last uh, two or three seasons, just haven't really been able to win the the big games against the good teams, especially on the road, and that that came back to bite them again uh, on Christmas Eve against the Miami Dolphins. Um, lots to talk about in that game, so we're going to jump right into that. Um, was a... Great start for the Cowboys offense. You know, they went right down the field first drive of the game. Uh, obviously, Hunter Lipke fumbled on the one-yard line trying to punch it in after Tony Pollard was unable to uh, beat the defender to the corner to score the touchdown. Made a pretty disgusting read trying to cut back uh, right there on the one-yard line. Got stopped short next play. Hunter Lipke fumbles on the goal line, and Miami takes over possession, and they go down the field kick a field goal. Um, next drive. Cowboys come back, score a touchdown, um, and, you know, it felt like things were going to be pretty pretty good for them um, coming into that game, but it just it, it went down. The, we, we've talked about it a lot this week. You know, the, the reporters, the team in general, like that second and third quarter, the Cowboys were only able to manage three points on offense. Uh, they were not able to generate much of offensive success in that second middle part of the game. And it just seems like that we, we go back to it, you know, it just seems like that they dealt with some adversity early. You know, same thing that happened in the Bills game. They, the offense went down the field, they were having some successful drives and then, you know, something bad happens, whether that's the fumble, whether that's penalties, whatever that is that, that kind of kicks them in the face, kicks them in the teeth. 
the offensive game plan kind of just changes. Um, I think, you know, I'll tell everybody, you know, it's a, if you're kind of curious of what's going on, Kurt Warner did an excellent breakdown on his um, quarterback confidential show that he does on YouTube. You can just search Kurt Warner on YouTube. It comes up. He talks about it. Um, he continues to break down that the details and the design of the offense are are lacking. And there were some there were some plays in there that Dak, you know, didn't trust his protection. Obviously, the protection was not very good. Um, so you can kind of understand maybe why that is. But uh, you know, there's some plays that you know Dak probably had a guy open and and didn't trust the protection and kind of broke the pro- pocket a little early. Um, you know, or were double pump because of some of the looks he was getting on the back end. Uh, but when you go back and look at the tape and, you know, I was able to do that, it's just it, it wasn't a whole lot of misses going on. There was a lot of congestion, um, you know, in the in the areas of the field that they were running the routes. There wasn't a lot of motion. You know, a lot of the same stuff we talked about coming out of that Buffalo game where the motion kind of disappeared, the the attacking in the middle of the field disappeared. The same thing happened here in Miami. Um, and they just – they seemed to play very conservative and scared on the road. I think Mike McCarthy came out yesterday – and mentioned how proud he was of his offense for winning the turnover battle um, over these last couple of weeks. You know, I, I can't remember exactly what he said here. Let me pull up the quote real quick. Here's the quote. Mike McCarthy on the turnover ratio being seven to one in the road losses. We talk about ball security. It's a daily focus for us. I think on the year we're taking care of it better, those stats. But I think you've clearly got to win that battle. They also fall into big plays. Um, you know, they're not taking the football away in, in the, the last few losses here. They, they've struggled to, um, live up to the turnover, you know, ratio, whatever that is that they started off the front of the season. Um, but that's just, that's how turnovers work. You see it with Philadelphia. Now you see it with a lot of defenses. Turnovers are very volatile and, you know, there are stats that will be there some weeks and not be there some others. And they can't solely rely on turnovers on the defensive side of the ball to be good. Uh, obviously, they turned over just once with the fumble um, against the, the Dolphins. You know, they threw the interception against the Bills. It's just they struggle to take the football away on defense, and they've turned the ball over very little on offense, but just, you know, those few fumbles and interceptions whatever it is you know that those are those are things that sway the the way of the game um so you know I think some of it I think a lot of the times they worry so much about not turning the football over especially in the passing game after you know Dak Prescott and the interceptions last year that it hurts their offense they stay away from the middle of the field they feel like when they go on the road against good teams they can't target the middle of the field uh, they, they can't do things to – they can't do motion pre-snap or at the snap because you have penalties, you know. And, again, some of that is true. You will have more penalties when you're using motion on the road when you're not able to – you know, when it's a louder environment, you're not able to to get into the right, you know, timing aspect of things. You might be have two guys moving to the snap. We see some illegal motion uh, penalties in this game. Um, but those are things that make your offense dynamic. And if you go away then because you're scared of a, you know, five-yard penalty or – you're scared of, you know, a penalty that then I just, I, to me, the, the penalty for the illegal motion, if you stick by, it's much better than running it on first down to, you know, try to get ahead of the chains because the Cowboys running game did not have anything going on the ground. Tony Pollard averaged three, 3.2 yards per carry. Rico Dattle averaged two yards per carry and Hunter Lipke averaged 1.5 yards per carry. So there was nothing going on on the ground for the Cowboys. Their Dak had five yards per carry. CeeDee Lamb had seven yards per carry. 
Brandon Cooks had nine yards per carry, and Kevontae Turpin had four yards per carry. So I think if the running game is going to continue to be an issue for them, which we thought they were kind of getting away from that um, in the Buffalo game, we thought they were kind of breaking through some of those running game struggles that that maybe they just need to use these wide receivers a little bit more in the jet motion game, um, use CeeDee Lamb out of the backfield. Things like that can be a way that you can kind of ignite that running game and get things going. Um, but for me, and again, anybody who listens to the show knows – uh, knows where my big concern lies, and that lies with the defense. Um, the defense, Miami was the number one team in the NFL in week 16 in offensive success rate. So they moved the ball better successfully on a drive-to-drive basis than every other offense in the league in week 16. That's not going to cut it for this defense. Um Dak Prescott and the offense got themselves, you know, got got their shit together and they were able to go down the field and lead a game winning drive. And the defense came right back out and made it as easy as it could be for the Miami Dolphins to get in the field goal range and kick that game winning field goal. Um, Obviously, 15 yard face mask penalty was involved, which can't happen. This defense has stupid penalties week in and week out. Have to rely on them to, to not make those penalties because we see it week in and week out. Um, they can't cover right now. They can't play the run great right now. It's just an, it's an absolute disaster. And the stats that we pulled today from, uh, RBS DM running backs don't matter.com showing all the advanced metrics, the EPAs, success rates, all that stuff. Uh, since week 13, the Dallas Cowboys defense ranks 27th in EPA per play 30th in success rate, 29th in drop back EPA 30th in drop back success rate 20th in rush epa and 30th in in rush success rate so they are the best ranking they have is 20th over these last four games and that's in rush epa which is kind of surprising given how bad they played the run against the bills but that just goes to show you that it's not just the run defense it's not just the pass defense both the run and pass defense has been absolutely brutal over the last month of the year and yes, they've played the Seattle Seahawks, they've played the Philadelphia Eagles, they've played the Buffalo Bills, they've played the Miami Dolphins. Those are playoff caliber teams with playoff caliber offenses. That's what they're going to play in the postseason, folks. Um, I mean, again, I know we, you want to bring it up, you know, the, 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 and let me, I'll say this before we move on the offense in that same span, in those same four weeks, uh, the last month, you know, a lot of people are blaming the offense for a lot of this. You know, oh, well, the offense isn't keeping up in the end of the bargain. That's why the defense is struggling. In that same span, week 13 to 16, last four games, the Cowboys offense ranks eighth in EPA per play. That's ahead of the Baltimore Ravens. That's ahead of the Buffalo Bills. That's ahead of the Cincinnati Bengals, the Philadelphia Eagles. Um the Jacksonville Jaguars, that, that's, that's you know, a top 10 offense over the last four games. Um, and success rate, they rank second in the NFL. So I, I think there's issues with the, the offense right now. And going back to the Kurt Warner, you know, video that I suggest everybody go and watch. It's a great video. You learn a lot from it. You know, I think there's some issues with some of the details, some of the design aspects, some of the protection things. And maybe Dak not trusting things as much right now with Tyron Smith out and Chuma Adoga having issues. Terrence Steele still having a lot of issues. He needs to probably be a little bit more decisive in some of his reads, you know, trust things that he's seeing a little bit more. Um, But the offense is still playing at a relatively good level from a down-to-down basis, drive-to-drive basis. It's the defense that is one of the worst units in the league over the last month of the season. So that that's – that's your big issue. Um, anybody who's trying to argue that it's the offense, 
the numbers are right there for you. It's a four-week span. It gives you four four games against playoff caliber teams. Just show you right there. Your offense is a top ten unit, eighth and second in APN success rate, and your defense is a bottom thirty unit in pretty much every category except rush EPA, which is surprising because of how, like I said, how bad they got beat up um, against the Bills. Um, so w- what's going wrong? I think, you know, when you look at some things on the defensive side of the ball, you miss Jonathan Hankins a lot. Mozzie Smith and Carl Davis are just not playing good football. They're making life very difficult in your linebackers. You're smaller, undersized, more athletic, less physical linebackers than Damone Clark and Marquise Bell. Those two guys are not playing really well over this four-game stretch. And then you're having, you know, I'm not, you know, Stefan Gilmore had some struggles against some of the speed of Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, those guys in the Dolphins game. And that that's another aspect of this game that we're talking about. The Dolphins played most of that game without Jalen Waddle. That's that's the scary thing, is they could have had an even bigger day on offense um if Jalen Waddle was able to play um for most of that game. But um you know, Deron Bland's kind of fixed some of his struggles. We we saw him have struggles against Philadelphia and uh, the Seattle Seahawks earlier in, in that stretch, but he's kind of cleaned some things up. Um, I think Jordan Lewis is playing a little bit better. You know, just it seems like a lot of their issues on the back end of things is more of a schematic thing right now. They're play, still playing a lot of man coverage. Uh, they got beat on the final drive of the game, I want to say it was. They, they motioned Tyree Kill and Jordan Lewis was lined up in man coverage on Tyree Kill. They just threw a screen to him. He broke a tackle and, you know, got seven or eight yards. And that was pretty much the end of the game right there. So a lot of the things they're doing on the back end with their coverage aspect of things, I think is more of a schematic issue more than a personnel issue, but the front four and, you know, the front, really the way they play their defense, their front six, they're just not playing good enough um, up front right now. You know, Micah Parsons is still wreaking havoc. He's still getting a ton of pressure. He's putting a lot of, putting a lot of stress on quarterbacks um, DeMarcus Lawrence is still playing at a high level, but outside of those two guys in that front six or seven, de- you know, the defenders that play up front, you're just not getting a lot. Also, Diggy Zua still makes some splash plays, but he's kind of, he's kind of being asked to play a little bit more of a different role right now with, with Jonathan Hankins out, you know, he's playing a, not as much of an upfield burst, um, having to play the run a little bit more. And then, like I said, you're seeing a lot more of Carl Davis and Mozzie Smith and those guys just aren't playing well. Um, and then you get to that second level with Damone Clark, Marquise Bell. Um, J. Ron Curse, Donovan Wilson are really, really, really struggling. I mean, they're, they're two – I don't know what the PFF grades are, but they're two of the worst safeties in football this year, you know, graded by some other folks who do chart every single snap and grade. J. Ron Curse and Donovan Wilson aren't playing well. Malik Hooker playing well on the back end. I still wish they'd give Wanya Thomas some more reps – um, it's safety, but they got to, you know, they're going to get in the playoffs and they're going to play, you know, what, what in the first round of the playoffs, you know, if, if the playoffs started tomorrow, um, Dallas Cowboys would play the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road in Tampa Bay, which obviously we saw um, them do that same thing last year and they beat the crap out of Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So that's not to say that they wouldn't do that again, because, you know, I think, I think that's a, that's a matchup that you wouldn't hate to have. Um, you wouldn't hate uh, going into um, the playoffs. Yeah, I think that's one of the matchups that you'd probably prefer to have going into the playoffs is, is to play the Buccaneers. But they're playing some good football right now. We saw that Baker Mayfield playing pretty good. 
they're one of those teams who have Mike Evans. They have Rashad White, who's a really, really good running back. Um, Chris Godwin, Kate Otten, they got some weapons on offense that if this defense continues to struggle the way it is, things could get ugly. Um, some of those other, you know, possible defi- division winners, you know, obviously the Lions have already won the division. They're going to more than likely be the number three seed. Philadelphia is likely going to win the division. You know, if they lose another game, Philadelphia, which they played the Giants relatively close, you know, they're kind of blowing them out. Jalen Hurts pick six. That game gets a little closer than it probably felt. 49ers are going to be your number one seed, in my opinion. I think Philadelphia is going to be your number two seed. The Detroit Lions are going to be your number three seed. And then Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay is likely going to be your number four seed with that division winner. It could be the Saints, but I think it's going to end up being Tampa Bay, which means you're probably going to go to Tampa Bay and play a playoff game. Um, unless they drastically fall apart and the Falcons are able to come back and 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 win that division. Um, things can get a little interesting there, but it looks like it's going to be Tampa Bay. And like I said, I just don't think Tampa Bay is a team that with your struggles on the road against good offenses, you want to go play right now. Um, that's a, that's a, that's a, in that same span we're talking about in the same, you know, four to, Week game span where we we just mentioned with the EPA and you know Tampa Bay is a top they're the 13th ranked team in EPA per play and they are the 22nd ranked team in success rate so so not a great offense but also not a bad offense they they rank very closely to uh, the Rams they rank very closely um, with what's you know some of the other teams that you played this year that you know you're able to beat but but I think that the way that team's playing right now. Um, you know, we saw them bludgeon kind of the Jacksonville Jaguars and the way that Baker Mayfield and things are going for them right now. I don't, I, I don't feel 100% confident about this team going into Tampa Bay and, and beating them, especially with the way the Cowboys defense is currently playing. Um, and they're going to get another chance this week. Like I said, it's not like I'm blaming the defense solely, but I think they are the main cause for your concerns um, right now. And I, I would like to say I just gave you guys the wrong results there. Those were the Tampa Bay defensive results. For the offensive results, they are seventh in EPA per play. Excuse me. And then we have them at – Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge – That takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. So 
So they're seventh in EPA per play on offense at 22nd in success rate on offense. Um, so pretty similar to actually what the defensive results were, but that's similar to offense. Um, same thing though. You know, they're, they're a team that's playing a little bit better on the offense side of the ball right now and could give this team a lot of problems, especially on the road. Um, we did see them go to Tampa Bay last year and play probably their best game we've seen of, in a long time. So that, that gives you a little bit more confidence, but just any team that's got offensive threat right now, this team is struggling against. They beat the Seahawks, but the Seahawks were able to have their way with that defense. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles didn't even play great on offense, but they're still able to move the ball with a little success. They just had three fumbles in that game. The Bills bludgeoned them. And then the Dolphins, despite scoring only 22 points, had the best offensive success rate in the NFL in week 16. So you, any team with you know good, decent quarterback play and a couple of weapons on offense is giving this defense a lot of problems right now. Um, especially if they're able to kind of commit to the running game and run the football um, and stay ahead of the chains. So the the Bucks can do that with Rashad White, with Mike Evans, with Chris Godwin, with Baker Mayfield. Uh, obviously, nobody wants to see the Rams right now with the way they're playing. Um, so again, any, 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 they're going to get a chance this week to prove themselves against another good offense in the Detroit Lions, um, who right now ranks seventh in success rate and fourth in EPA per play. Um, that game is back at home at, at AT&T stadium, which gives you a little bit of confidence and maybe the way that this team could play against a good team at home, but we're kind of looking ahead to the, uh, we're looking ahead to the playoffs and, um, you know, that's where things get a little dicey with, 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 you know, having to go on the road. If you're a wild card team, you're going to have to go on the road to wherever you play that first round game, uh, wherever you play a second round game and wherever you play the third round game. So, you know, unless there's some upsets in there, um, but, um, you know, this week against the Detroit Lions, you're going to get a tough running game with David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, two guys who will pound the rock at you. They'll make you miss in the hole. They'll make you miss in the second level. Don't feel great about this one either. Um, I do think, I do think that um, you know you're you're going to get into a, a a a shot a shooting match with with Detroit. You know they they can pass the ball a little bit too. Passing game doesn't scare me as much with them because they only have that one receiving outlet in a, a modern state round. And um, you know obviously you add Sam Laporte in there as a tight end, so they have kind of two passing outlets, which normally they do pretty good with two and under two and under. Passing outlets, they can survive a little bit, but when you get teams with, you know, the the two or three outlets, the three or four outlets, those are the teams that really give this defense some struggles. So um, Detroit's a team that will commit to running the football, which scares you a little bit with what just happened in Buffalo. Um, they'll 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 run it thirty times on you with without you know thinking about it, and that's what kind of is scary for this team because they haven't they stopped the run a little bit better against Miami than they did Buffalo. But uh, to teams that have good running backs, Jameer Gibbs is a really good running back. David Montgomery is a good running back. And that they'll commit to sticking with the run no matter, you know, what the score is or no matter how the game flow is going. I think that's what's scary for this team because they're going to have to be ready for a fight. Um, Dan Campbell's the guy who's going to go for it on fourth down a ton. So you're going to have to be able to get off the field uh, playing four downs instead of three. It could be a long day for this Cowboys defense again. Um, the good news is is that the Cowboys offense should kind of have a, a a good day against this Detroit Lions defense too. Uh, they currently rank 21st in EPA per play and uh, 13th in success rate on defensive success rate over the last four games. Um, so you're able to move the football against them. You know, they're not very good. Of a, they're, they're not a very good coverage unit. You can throw the ball through the air on them, can run it against them a little bit. 
But the big worry here is Aiden Hutchinson. Um, he gave Terrence Steele a lot of issues uh, year last year, year before last. When Terrence Steele was playing his best ball, um, Aiden Hutchinson really gave him a lot of troubles. And now Terrence Steele's playing really bad ball, which is you know a, a discussion for another day. Um, but you might get into a dogfight here with another NFC. You know they are a playoff team, so you wanna you wanna make yourself feel a little bit better. You can you can have a you know, NFC playoff lock, you know, they've already locked up the number three, well, they've locked up playoff spot with the division title. Um, so they will either be the one, the two, the three, or the four, which likely be the one, the two, the three with, with the four coming out of the NFC South. But, uh, you know, they're, they're a playoff team, playoff caliber team, a good offense, not such good defense. Um, kind of very similar to you, honestly, except they, they do a lot of their damage on the ground in a different way. Um, but the defensive results have, have not been great for them. So in a shootout, you know, you think that this Cowboys offense can maybe do some – the way they play at home is much different than they play on the road. They use motion. Um, they attack the middle of the field. They do a lot of things um, at home a lot different than they do on the road, which gives you a lot of hope about this game uh, for the Cowboys. But for me, I'm, I'm going to go ahead. We'll do our score predictions and get out here a little bit shorter show today. Um I think the Detroit Lions are going to win this one 31 to 27 against the Dallas Cowboys, um, breaking kind of at home stretch of games where the Cowboys win. But I just, I got to see something from this defense before I can get, give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, this is a good Detroit Lions offense. They have struggled against the Miami Dolphins, good offense. They have struggled against the Buffalo Bills, good offense, the Seattle Seahawks, good offense. So nothing on the defensive side of the ball gives me good hope and faith going forward right now that, that that they can stop a good offense enough to to win football games unless the offense is scoring 40 plus points a game which since the Seattle game you just haven't seen that and again that was a game that was at home so so if you're you know if you want to bet on the Cowboys here the, the the good news is they are playing at home they are a different team at home on the offensive side of the ball than than on the road so if you wanna if you wanna bet on the the offense kind of figuring it out and playing more of their style of play on, at home against the Lions, it, you might be able to get this one you know a, a high scoring affair and and the Cowboys coming out on top. But for me, this defense is just way too volatile right now to 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 bet on them to to hold them uh, to a score that the Cowboys can outdo. Uh, so I got the cow the Cowboys losing this one thirty one to twenty seven to the Detroit Lions. Um, already locking up a playoff spot. You know you they're almost guaranteed to make the fifth seed. So it's not the end of the world, but it's just the, the, the vibe of things going into the playoffs is eerily similar to it is every other year with this team. It doesn't feel great. And you're kind of going in the playoffs going, you might win one, but after that, you just don't know. You, you watch the Baltimore Ravens kind of beat the crap out of the San Francisco 49ers the other night. And you just, you don't see this team play that way, especially like, so the Ravens were on the road at that point. So you just don't see the Cowboys go into those games, those tough road games, and really, you know, force themselves onto teams. Very, it's 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 always a scared mentality. We've talked about it on the show. Not not going to beat a dead horse, but the 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 lack of aggressiveness, the lack of confidence of this team just does not show on the road against good teams. Just it's it's really tough to get excited about this team, and you know, I hate to hate to do this before the end of the season without knowing it. But if, but if this team goes in the playoffs again, it plays with that scared approach and, you know, gets Molly walked by San Francisco or Philadelphia, or whoever that is, Mike McCarthy's got to be gone. It, it's it, as much as it's not his, you know, 
all his fault. He can't help that Chuma Doga is not blocking well or Terrence Steele's regressing or the defense not playing well. The mentality of this team going into the playoffs the last couple of years, minus that, you know, Buccaneers game is just, it's been very disappointing to see. And it, it's, you know, even with this team feeling different, we've, we've, we've talked about it this year. It's been a roller coaster ride. We've gone back and forth between this being the same old Cowboys, this team feeling different. I mean, I've said it on the show multiple times this year that, oh, it's the same old team. And then, you know, after some of those mid, mid-year mid wins, you know, some of the, the wins against Philadelphia, you go, ah, oh, this team feels different. It seems like they can kind of overcome some of those things. But these last two weeks sure feels like the same old Cowboys and sure feels like we're going to be set up for disappointment. Hope we're wrong. Hate to hate to be super pessimistic about it, but just the feeling that we have going into it. And um, like I said, they could, they could switch the mood around a little bit with a good win against the Detroit Lions this week. That'd be awesome. Give some fans some hope for uh, this team going into the playoffs. Um, but like I said, it's really looking like it's going to be the fifth seed unless Philadelphia drops a game against the Cardinals or the Giants over these next two weeks. You never know. Like I said, I, I still think the Giants got a good shot, shot to upset them. They played them pretty tight last week. Never know with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. So you you could be in for for a possible division title, but you got to, you know, you, you really needed to try to win these three games. But, you know, if there was one to drop, Miami was the one to drop. You just wish you were able to come up. You wish you would have come out of that game with a victory, especially with the offense going down the field and putting together a, a nice drive. You saw some of the MVP caliber plays from Dak Prescott, and then the defense gave it right back to him. Um as easy as they could. So that was the frustrating thing, but uh, we'll be back next week. Joey will be back next week uh, on the talking to star podcast. Appreciate everyone listening. Make sure you subscribe and follow along to all the other shows on the, the blogging, the boys podcast feed, just click subscribe on the blogging, the boys podcast feed on whatever podcast platform you listen on. And you'll get all the, the shows from the blogging, the boys writers and podcasters and all that stuff. So, Click subscribe on whatever feed you're listening on and, and let Blogging the Boys uh, bring you all your Cowboys content and news. We appreciate everyone listening. We'll be back next week on the Talking Star Podcast. See you then.